Welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, we talk about sustainable investing and how your portfolio reflects your values. Do your investments seek accountability from corporations that govern more and more of our society and even the lives we lead? Listen in as we explore the question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Garrigo Kyle from Horizons Sustainable Financial Services. Kim, what is going on with you? Well, it's hot here in Santa Fe, but I think it's hot everywhere. So yeah. that's what's happening here. I, and I, what you're waiting for is the update on the goats, right? Farm report. Yes. The, yes, the farm report. So here's <laughs> the farm report. The miniature goats are settling in pretty well. Pongo is the sweet one. And he will take treats out of our hand. He's very sweet. He'll oh, nice. follow us around. Yeah. Pepper, he doesn't want anything to do with us. So we're is working with him. Is he still? He likes the chickens. Yeah. He prefers company of the chickens. And they like to chase the goats, which is kind of funny. Oh, well, fantastic. You got a little yeah. circus going on over there. I, I, I know that they were angry at you for a while, but they've forgiven you, I take it? Yes, they have forgiven me. Oh, and the great Pyrenees puppy was born last what? week. I, yes. I didn't even know you had a. Okay. See, this is. Oh no, we don't have it. It's oh. coming in eight weeks. Oh, gee, many Christmas. Yes. Okay. So we got wow. pictures. Well, that'll be fun. I know that you want to share your pictures and your story with your guests. You have two guests today, correct? I do have two guests today, and I was thinking earlier when I was looking at their bios that it's like a who's who of the U.S. CIF board members, past and present. Oh. Which I think is kind of cool. So we all have this in in common. The other thing we have in common is. We've all been in this industry for 20 years or more. Wow. So we are the industry pioneers, as, as some of some folks would call us, which is great. So we've got some powerhouse folks here. So your guests are the, Alyssa Greenspan and David Sand, correct? That is correct. And they are with Community Capital Management. Alyssa is the president and chief operating officer, and she is pretty much responsible for all of the things every day. In, in that, I know how that goes because that's mm -hmm. my job as well. <laughs> and, and again, she is a, an industry veteran. She is very active in her community. She does a lot of volunteer work. She's on a number of boards, has been in the past, and of course is recently past member of the U.S. CIF board. I think she just went off when I went on in January. And David Sand is the chief impact strategist. He is responsible for you don't geek out too much here, Garrick, Eric, but he's responsible for the analysis, the metrics, the outcome, and the reporting of the firm's subject matter, which is sustainability, right? I impact in ESG investing. Love so that. I would like, yes, me too. I would like to welcome my two amazing guests, Alessa and David. Thank you, Kim. Glad to be here today. Very excited to be here today. Yes, me too. And I, I just want to briefly mention community capital management is independently owned, which is so important in our industry these days, with over 21 years of history. So that's a very long term time for your firm. You manage well over $3 billion in assets, which is pretty impressive. And of course, you do impact investing, and it's all aligned with the UN Sustainable Development Goals, which I've talked about many times on my podcast. Your firm only works through advisors, is that correct? We also work directly with institutional, institutional clients as well. 
Great, great. And, oh, that's right. So endowments, a lot of big institutions, foundations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. So again, welcome to you too. I do like to have a little bit of fun. So while this is, I only touched on your bio, these are all of the really big and impressive things, right? Which are very important. But I want you to tell us, tell my listeners on Deep Impact Investing, just something that most people don't know about you. Who wants to go first? David? Happy to go first. No, a lot about me. I'm kind of an open book. But one thing that I've been doing for many, many, many years is trying to get a t-shirt from every trip that I take. I started doing that when, and you mentioned how long all of us have worked in this field. Right. Uh, back in the day, there was a lot of travel and not necessarily a lot of business or a lot of success. It was really more about being an advocate than it was about being a practitioner. And I told myself if I at least came home with a t-shirt from my travels, that I would have that to remember the trip by. And I've tried to keep that going for many years. Impressive. A yes. closet full of them. <laughs> Do you wear them all? Some of them don't fit me anymore, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> Only because they've they've shrunk. Oh, right. That's right. They they shrink. We're all fine. Alessa, <laughs> tell us something about you. Well, I just learned something new about David. I, <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. I would say something that's interesting, and I don't know if David even knows this, but the the way that I, I got my my initial job at, C, at Community Capital was as a portfolio manager. And the way that I initially met up with the firm was I was cold calling investment management firms in South Florida and 20 or so years ago. There's there's several wealth management firms down here, several banks that cater to Latin America, primarily being in South Florida and some wealth management firms. But I kind of just started cold calling names that I didn't know and happened to get in touch with someone who was working at the firm at that time was called CRA Fund Advisors. And CRA stands for Community Reinvestment Act, and we'll probably get into that in a little bit, but basically making community investments on behalf of financial institutions is how we got our start. So I didn't know what CRA meant. I knew what it it stood for because I did work for a bank earlier in my career, but didn't really know what the company did, just cold called and ended up speaking with the president at the time. And he said to me, oh, we just happen to be looking for someone who has a little bit more experience in portfolio management. And then I told him I had my CFA, which is a chartered financial analyst designation. He said, oh, you should have led with that. We're looking definitely for right. CFA. I ended up meeting with him and then I met with several other people at the firm and got the job a few weeks later. So that's great. Sometimes works. <laughs> it does. It's so rare, but that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk a lot about CCM community capital management and what you're doing. And I think there's a lot of ways to sort of structure this discussion, but let's kind of start with what I think is really important. And I'm sure certainly there's a lot of things, but your annual impact report, which you have been doing for nearly a dozen years. Eight years, actually. Eight year, okay. Eight years. So eight years. And it, which I think is a little bit ahead of most folks in this industry. And I want to know what the motivation behind it was. Why why did CCM get started with this? And what do you see the biggest impacts with the report? We have a great marketing department at Community Capital, led by our chief marketing officer, which is Jamie Horowitz. And we had been looking for ways to formalize our, we, we believe we have great impact metrics, great reporting that we do to our clients, but we wanted a more 
comprehensive report that would be firm-wide or the impact, the positive impact on a firm-wide level, because we had basically been doing it primarily at the at the product level, either for the mutual fund or for our individual separately managed accounts. Jamie had, it was her idea to basically pr- produce a more comprehensive report. And she worked closely with David and how best to structure it and make sure that we are highlighting all the right things. And it certainly evolved over the eight years. If you go back and look at our first edition, there's a lot. It's very different. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then actually we, we, it sort of, we, we beefed it up over the years. And last year we produced a, a little bit more of a slimmed down version, but still over 20 pages in scope and just really gets into from a firm a firm-wide perspective, what are all the various positive impacts and what's the firm doing, not just with its investments, which obviously very important are investments on behalf of our clients, and then also what is a firm doing? What are the employees doing to, to, to make an impact in their communities? And what does the company overall do as well? So a lot of different metrics are, are produced and, and outlined in the report. That's great. David, what was your initial impetus for, for doing this work on the on the reports, yeah, the, Alyssa covered a lot of it, but but part of what has made the type of impact investing that we do at Community Capital Management so notable is our commitment to transparency. The annual impact report for the firm are, I believe, in their eighth edition, but our transparency and impact reporting at the client level we've been doing now for twenty one years and and counting, and because we were showing each client what investments we were making for them and why those investments were aligned with with their values and with their mission, it just made sense to try to roll up our activity, whether we've done it for a new client, an old client, an an individual client or institutional client, just talk about what we did on our platform as a firm. It's been really gratifying to see. It's a little bit of an arms race now, a good (laughs) arms race because lots of managers are doing imp- annual impact reports, and we're happy to see a little bit of healthy competition amongst amongst firms in trying to maximize the transparency. And of course, it keeps us honest also because we try to make our report better each year that we do it. That's great and very, very important, but I think you're right. It's, it's pushing a lot of firms in the right direction. I want to talk a little bit about the strategies of the firm in terms of investing and and not the nitty gritty, because I know you're not going to share those with me, but initial impression and what I understood the firm to be for so long, because I remember it as CRA, right, is just uh, community investment and bonds activities. But that's not all of what you do. You're doing equities as well, correct? Correct. About eight years ago, actually, we started with a, an alternative income fund which was sort of our first foray into equities, where it was the equity portion was a long, short equity. And then a few years ago, about three years ago, we took over a couple of equity funds and we rebranded them, repositioned them as impact and ESG funds. So it's a very small piece of our overall business and our our primary, our flagship uh, strategy is the core fixed income strategy to this day. But we are, you know, wanted to diversify our product base a little bit. And so... Not a bad idea. Right, exactly. (laughs) I want to talk about what I think is in David's wheelhouse, and that is strategies around bonds, green bonds, whatever you'd like to call those. But I think these are really important, and it's very difficult, in my opinion, to really screen and know what is going on in 
within bonds. So David, give us a little bit of information about how you go through this process and what it looks like and what your strategies are. It's okay to get a little geeky. Do what you need to do. Thanks, Kim. Uh, I'll leave it to you to tell me when I'm crossing the line into uh, geeking out too much. But for us at Community Capital Management, the key thing when we put clients' money to work is that we know what the use of proceeds is going to be. We have a very well-articulated definition of impact investing. We work a lot with clients on getting them to articulate their definition, but nobody should take anybody's word for it. And so when we put money to work, we want to know where the money is going specifically down to zip codes and addresses and projects and everything else. And so we may be owning something through a structured finance instrument or a mortgage-backed security or an asset-backed security, and that's very important, and that gives us protections, and we may have a credit guarantee, and that gives us credit guarantee, but we want to make all the financial engineering transparent so that we can look right through to connect you, the client, and your money to where that money is going. So that's what we've been doing for many, many years. When green bonds started coming, if you think about green bonds 1.0, you think about the World Bank bond, maybe nine or 10 years ago, there was no ability whatsoever to do a use of proceeds analysis. The World Bank, wonderful organization, they said they were going to do a lot of good things, and some of them were going to be focused on sustainability. And they very successfully came to market with what I believe the historians consider to be the first green bond. But it It wasn't, it was, I'm sorry, David, but it wasn't um, transparent, which is correct. We were part of an organization that started that sort of accomplished what it was trying to do, which was the green bond principles. And we said, look, if you're coming to market and you're borrowing money and you're borrowing money for specific purposes, Tell the investor, tell the lender, tell the bond manager what those specific purposes are going to be. And it's been very gratifying in the last few years to see more and more bonds coming to market, green bonds, social bonds, things of that sort, where the issuer is very intentional about sharing what they're going to do with the proceeds for the particular issue that they're bringing to market. And those are ones that we're able to look at and analyze and put through the same underwriting and analytic framework that we do any of the other investments we make. And it's helped broaden our uh, mix of investment options for clients. That, that's great. Because as I said, it's really hard to do that deep dive. If you're going down to the zip code, that's pretty impressive in terms of getting the information that you need to share then with your clients. It's fabulous. I want to talk a little bit Uh, well, maybe a lot about culture and not just the CCM culture, but the the culture in terms of your investments, because I was reading your blog posts and for listeners, this is something that's actually really great that they have. Their blog posts are amazing. A lot of topics on there. There were a lot of themes of women, minorities, your commitment to really moving the lives forward for disadvantaged folks. And, And I hear, based on what you've been telling me, that this is part of your business culture and your employees. So how does that reflect a little more in your investment process, especially over the last two years? When I look at the firm and I look at our staff and our culture, 
impact investing from our definition of it, which is basically looking to make a positive societal impact while also making a positive financial return. It's really within our DNA. And when I look at all the, the employees and the executive leadership and results coaches, it's all part of what we do either in our, as part of our personal lives and our professional lives. So that's definitely something that we look for when we're hiring. And then in terms of our blog posts, which thank you for the compliment. Um, I can go back to our, our excellent marketing department. They're the ones that do most of the writing for it. And then we'll have one of the investment team members or David or other that are subject matter experts, so to speak, opine on the blog or help or help uh, draft it or edit it, whatever it may be. But it, it all comes down to, so for our clients, like I mentioned, impact investing, being able to directly benefit or directly tie their, their funds or their monies with the positive impact that meets their mission, whether it be gender lens investing, since we're on the subject of, of, of women and, 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 and girls, so to speak. So gender lens investing or environmental sustainability that we're able to narrow down the investments to meet their particular theme or geography if they're more of a place-based or more interested in a place-based investment, which is making an investment specifically in their community or in a specific geography, that it's all it's all tied together and it's all part of what the investment team, when they're on the lookout for new investments, when they're custom creating securities so that they fit those particular geographies or impact themes of our clients, it's, it's all part of the investment process. So it's a very sort of... Uh, rigid process because it's it's set up to analyze security both from a financial standpoint and then from a impact investing standpoint. And we have an integrated investment team where the investment analysts are working closely with the research and impact analysts to put together an opinion basically on how this particular investment would not only fit in the portfolio, but would fit from both an impact and financial standpoint. That's that's very impressive. And, and I want to thank you for giving the definitions to some of the things that people might not know, like place-based investing. I, I think we have time for two more short questions. So maybe David, you could tell us other than the annual impact report, how do clients know what you're investing in or what they're investing in? So generally speaking, our clients get for themselves and for their holdings, uh, a report on what we've done with their money. It's a commitment that we made 20 years ago when the business started. We've put a big investment in infrastructure and the technology and the software has changed. But we, we really do think that each client needs to know where their, where their money is going. And then just briefly, I, I would mention in addition to the annual impact report for everything that we do, we do from time to time do special initiatives and 2020 was an extraordinary year for many years, many reasons, and not the least of which was we, we did two initiatives, both of which are ongoing. One, to invest in ways that reflected some of the harm done by COVID-19, particularly mm-hmm. in communities that are that were and are most most severely impacted, and we are doing ongoing reporting on that. And then another one is Minority Cares, which we're just coming up now on the one-year um, anniversary of, which is an effort that we're doing to channel client money as much as possible to people, businesses, and communities of color. And we do separate 
reporting on our website and two clients on both of those initiatives. That's great because that was actually part of my next question was some of the impact stories. And if over the last year and a half, you're, you have really been working in these particular areas that are prime importance, I love to hear about that. Any other maybe brief story that you want to share, either of you, Lessa or David? An interesting impact story? One of the things that we're very excited about is the ability to custom create security so that we know who the underlying borrower is. So for example, we work with the largest mortgage originators and are able to screen their loans and build a security. It's called a mortgage-backed security comprised solely of loans either directly well, to low to moderate income borrowers, which was has been our forte since um, 1999, but then also that we can now differentiate among minority borrowers and women borrowers. So in 2017, I believe it was, we were we created what we believe to be the first custom created mortgage-backed security comprised solely of loans to minority borrowers. And then I, and, oh. and in the last year, we, we've done more specifically or solely to minority borrowers or Black borrowers in the United States. That is amazing. And that's the kind of story I really want to hear. I, I just want to summarize some of what we talked about today, because I think part of this topic is difficult. And part of this topic is amazing. The things that what you're doing in terms of the impact reporting that you've been doing for so long individually with your clients, then on a more public level. And the stories that you're you're telling me about investing in these types of securities, and we'll say, you know, the mortgage-backed securities, which I think people are terrified of still after 2008 and 09, but you're really hyper-focusing on helping communities in need. I appreciate that. I think our listeners appreciate that. Right. And I I do want to stress that these are agency guaranteed mortgage-backed securities. They're They're not subprime. We're not taking on any undue credit risk. And actually what was proven from the 2007, 2008 financial crisis when all the subprime debacle, let's call it, loans or the mortgage-backed securities that we were invested in, the the prepayment features actually slowed. I could go into a lot of this, which I won't, but they're higher credit, they're higher quality borrowers that in the mortgage-backed securities that we we are investing in a custom creating. And that was proven after the financial crisis. So we were very comfortable owning these and, and custom creating these. And it's it's a great way for us to be able to geographically target, but then also specifically, again, to minority and Black borrowers and women borrowers, et cetera. That is phenomenal. And I, I believe there are many studies in terms of not, not the mortgage securities or the mortgage investments, but impact investments. When we talk about high impact investments, that women and minorities do tend to be higher credit worthiness, although on paper that may not show. I really want to thank both of you. Is there anything else that either of you would like to just mention about the impact that your firm is having before we close? I'll throw in a quick thing, Kim, because up at the top of the call, you mentioned the word pioneers, and that's one that yeah. we think about a lot. I, I, Alyssa has a real financial background. I was a history major. And one of the things that, that's interesting about the pioneers in history is they have to keep going. If a pioneer gets somewhere, 
and stays there, they're no longer a pioneer. They become a settler. And one of the things that the pioneers kept doing in, in American history was pushing the frontier. There were a lot of negative connotations that, that that we didn't study in history that we now are much more focused on. But from our business perspective and from the industry, the impact investing industry needs to continue to be a pioneer. It's become very mainstream. Some of your other guests in previous podcasts that you've had have talked about the mainstreaming of impact and of ESG, and that's all to the good. But one of the things that community capital management is very committed to doing is con to continue to be a pioneer in bringing client solutions in this area. David, thank you for sharing that. I am going to use that going forward because you're right. So. No trademark on it. Help yourself. <laughs> it's a free press. Mm -hmm. Eric, do you have any questions for Alyssa and David? Because I know some of this you've been geeking out in the background. I don't have any questions. I, I just have a thank you. Both of you guys have done amazing work. Kim, I already know you do amazing work, but I, obviously this is why you brought them on the podcast. You're working on behalf of people who aren't able to do what you do. And I thank you because I can't geek out as much as David can. I can't do the things that you guys are doing. I, I do my own job. And I know there's a lot of us that are out there doing our jobs, doing what we can to make sure um, things are fair and equitable and good for the environment, so on and so forth. We do small things, but I feel like you guys are really tackling the bigger giants. So thank you so much for doing that. Yes. Thank you very much for being with me today. Eric, as always, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And Kim, I know that there, this podcast is nationwide and there's people that yes. probably have some questions after this podcast, especially they want to know more. How can they get a hold of you uh, so that they can ask you those questions and just start a conversation? Absolutely. They can reach me by calling the office 505-982-9661. And they can always email Kim at horizonssfs.com. We are able to use some of the options that CCM has. And again, for higher uh, net worth folks, or if we have any institutions who are listening, which would be thrilling, then they can also contact CCM directly. So Alessa, how would they do that? Sure. Thanks, Kim. So you can visit our website. It's www.ccminvest, with an S on the end, .com, or you can call us at 877 272-1977. All right, David, thank you so much for being here. Alyssa, of course, thank you for being here as well. Kim, they wouldn't be here without you. Thank you so much for hosting yes. and, and having them on the show. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Grego kyle If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Horizons Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast, the sustainable, responsible impact investing podcast that shows you how to get your voice heard. It's time to start investing like you give a damn. To ask a question that we can answer on an upcoming podcast, email us at info at horizonssfs.com or join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash horizons sustainable financial services or give us a call at 505-982-9661. 
Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available. The companies we may speak about during our podcast are not recommendations for investment only. You and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you and your situation. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Registered with the SEC, Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. and its financial professionals do not render tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax and legal advisors regarding your personal circumstances. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.